Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And we're back. This is the first time I've seen Christy all year. I know. I'm actually surprised we did not chat for longer (laughs) before we started. Well, it's true. Happy New Year. I know we said that last week, but Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year to you. Good to to see your you. actual face. Yes, yes. Which I missed. I texted Christy a couple of days ago and was like, I missed your face. I am excited to record. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know. I was excited too, because it's just been like, I don't know, it's part of your routine. And so mm-hmm. when you're not doing your routine, you're like, oh, something's missing. Hmm, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the saddle. Um, we have a lot of thankful things happening already this year. Patreon over there is on a little bit of a blow up and we have so many new faces. Well, you can't say that. So many new <laughs> ears. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we want to say thank you to you. So Aaron C, welcome in. Niam, Amanda H, Jessica H, Allison R, Megan S, and Casey A. Welcome in. Welcome. Thank you guys for joining us. So excited about that. Jessica, I've never heard that before. I thought that was a very cool name. Yes. Very cool. Anyway, we're super glad to have you and are very thankful for your support and for you letting us spend time with you, extra time with you. (laughs) Yeah. We hope you enjoy it too, because we do. We love our Patreon. We love Mm -hmm. our listeners and our normal feed too. Mm-hmm. But there's just something oh different. Speaking of our normal feed too, and I mean, some of them are patrons, but like our messages that we get can, guys, mm-hmm. you guys are so nice to us. <laughs> like it is, we, I will, I, I know podcasts say like, oh, we have the best listeners, but like we actually do always positive, mm-hmm. always encouraging. And t- you guys take your time out of your day to say like, Hey, thanks for saying this, or thanks for pointing this out. Or I really Mm -hmm. loved this about this past episode or whatever. Like you take time out of your day to reach out just to be nice. Yeah. Yes. I'm really into you guys. Yeah. It's amazing. And same with like the reviews that some people write, like they're just super nice. You know, it's not just like, here, five stars. You're great. Like they write these like blurbs that you know, and they get us. That's it. They get That's us. True. Yep. <laughs> so thank you. We really, yes, super appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate everything that you guys do, whether you're mm-hmm. Patreon, typical, normal listener, just interacting Telling your with friends us. about us, all of that. Yeah. We love yes. it. We love you. Yeah. Love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, t- go ahead. Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. And all of my stuff is put away. I'm a little bit jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I am like nervous for you as to why you don't have it put away. Cause I've been joking this whole time. How like at the beginning of December or like Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. all of us are like, oh my gosh, I so want to get my Christmas decorations up. So magical. And I can't wait to see all the red and green. And then. Literally the minute that Christmas is over, we're like, this crap has to go. Mm-hmm. Like we furiously get up. <laughs> I can't, like, we can't help it. Why? Why is it like that? Why was is your magic da- all lost? <laughs> was yours <laughs> down before New Year's? Uh, oh yeah. 
I couldn't yeah. stand it. We had people coming for New Year's for the weekend. And I had said to them even like, oh, I'll leave the Christmas decorations up. And, you know, she's like, oh, okay, yeah, that'll be nice. Couldn't do it. Tried. Couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) So mine typically are up until New Year's. And like the first is when I, I take it down. I'm not usually in that much of a rush. I will say all of my Christmas cards stay up until like February because some people send New Year's ones. And I want Mm -hmm. everyone to have their chance to be up on my cabinets. I have my Christmas cards up too. Still. Yeah. That's the one thing that stays, but mine's usually by the first. Now, typically we're here. Mm-hmm. So we were not this year, didn't come home until the third. And then the rest of the week, the last few days were a wash. So I'm sure by the time this episode drops, all of my stuff is going to be down. But nice. as of the, what day is today? As of the fifth, <laughs> some of it is in a pile on an ottoman. My plan is to put it away. (laughs) So it should be down by and after we record this and by Monday. Okay, good. Get it gone. Five o'clock Christmas day. I was like, get it out. It's got (laughs) to (laughs) go. If we hadn't left on Christmas day, I may have done that because I would have been like, it'll be done by the time we get home and I won't have to worry about it. But we left on Christmas day. So So fun. Yeah. She had a fun trip to, to Florida. Can we say that? She was in Florida. <laughs> yes. Well, I was in North Carolina first. Right. And then went to Florida. Mm-hmm. And then on the way back up, stopped in Alabama to see some friends just mm-hmm. for a few hours. And then we actually did the whole drive in one day, which was not our plan. Nuts. No. That's it was. Not, nope. It's awful. But it was super nice to be home, I will say. Like, yeah. Sleep in our bed and just be like, uh, okay. Yeah. Just have a, a day. long time away. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. Do you have anything else for this blessed day? I do not. I do not. But do you have something? I might have a crime story. Oh, well, I can't wait to find out if you do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Stay tuned. Ma'am. Yeah. I don't know why I'm called you ma'am. <laughs> this is a suggestion that came from us to us from one of our YouTube listeners. Oh. Yeah. She messaged us on YouTube. I did reach out to this listener to get their permission to shout them out because we always do that. And I also wanted to chat with them about the case, but I never heard back. So. Mm. I don't know if I will before this airs. I hope that I do, but hopefully you are listening and know who you are. Thank you for the suggestion. This case is unsolved. Spoiler. And it, I know it's very interesting and it takes place in North Carolina. Oh, well, shocking. (laughs) So welcome in. We are going to the Greensboro area of North Carolina. We'll be in a few towns, but it's all in that one little area. So that's about an hour and a half from me. Mm -hmm. West, an hour and a half West, not far. This is the case of Pam Hoy. I feel like I know that name, but it might just be like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, for some reason, Pam Hoy sounds familiar. Well, because it sounds like Pam Hupp. 
because when I was searching oh. for her, all of this stuff about Pam Hup kept coming up. And I was like, no, I'm, not, I'm sick and tired of you, Pam Hup, not right. researching okay. you. That makes sense. Also, my realtor in St. Pete, whose last name was Hoy, so maybe that's also what I'm thinking of. Maybe. Anyway, go on. Okay. <laughs> Pamela Ann Mitchell was born on August 23rd, 1948. This makes her a Virgo. Mm -hmm. She was born to parents Bill and Mickey Mitchell, and she was the oldest and had five younger brothers. Oh, okay. So only girl, oldest, oldest child, five younger brothers. Pam loved playing ball with her brothers, and she loved to babysit them. When she got her driver's license, she loved driving them around to the movies or to school activities. She was a true family girl. She loved being a big sister. She was outgoing and witty, and she loved parties. When she was in high school, she played softball and volleyball, and she was named Athlete of the Year during her senior year. Oh, how nice. So she was very athletic. She was very pretty. She had brown hair and green eyes, and she is described as a loving person who cared for animals, and she frequently adopted strays. Mm. All animals? I, I think so, but mostly dogs. Okay. After she graduated high school, Pam attended the University of North Carolina, but she went to the Greensboro campus. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And she majored in physical education. We call that oh. UNCG down around here yes. in these parts. <laughs> mm -hmm. During college, she worked part-time at the Greensboro Veterinarian Hospital. And in 1970, she met a young man by the name of Fred Hoy. Fred was originally from New England, from a state that I cannot say. You know, you know. <laughs> and he was graduate. He was in graduate school, getting his master's in elementary education. Oh, look at these two teachers. Yeah, but she doesn't become a teacher. Pam and Fred had a class together in college, and Fred first noticed Pam because she was always late to class. <laughs> So they both liked sports and they were both very outgoing and similar people. So they started talking in class and they clicked and began dating. Fred and Pam had a pretty quick courtship just a year after they met in June of 1971. They graduated college and got married in a small church wedding. The couple moved to Burlington, North Carolina, which is about 30 minutes from Greensboro. Mm -hmm. Fred got a job teaching fifth grade at Burlington Elementary School, and Pam began working full-time at the veterinarian hospital. She just loved it. She didn't want to leave. Oh, the, couple okay. was yeah. the couple was described as a good team. They liked taking trips on their BMW motorcycle, and they liked going to NASCAR races. I don't even think I knew that BMW had a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Do all yeah. brands have motorcycles? No. Hmm. No, but I think okay. BMW started out making motorcycles, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, but they definitely have oh, motorcycles. Okay. Yes, yeah, so 
motorcycles, NASCAR. Typical North Carolina couple, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Fred and Pam went on to have two daughters that they adored. Fred became an avid car buff and actually began building cars in their garage from the ground up. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. Pam got very into dog handling. Mm -hmm. So this is where you train dogs and you show them champion dogs at dog shows. Mm -hmm. And you can win awards and all that stuff. She became very good at this and was extremely successful at it. And she built quite an impressive name for herself in that community. Mm -hmm. In 1982, the couple moved their family to a beautiful brick home in Alamance, which is like a tiny village right outside of Burlington. Their daughters were very active and involved in lots of things. Fred set up a really nice shop in their garage for his car building projects. And Pam actually had a cinder block kennel built in their backyard where she would board dogs and train them and then show them. Mm -hmm. So dog handling became her career. The couple was very popular and very well liked. And Fred was even elected mayor of their small town. Oh, Wow. So P Pam became the first lady of Alamance. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> so, I know she's basically like the queen. Mm -hmm. Pam's business. <laughs> we were just talking about the crown. Sorry. I can't. I cannot. Exactly step away. like the queen. <laughs> exactly like the queen. <laughs> yep. Of Alamance. <laughs> okay. Pam's business began to grow and expand, and she began winning pretty prestigious awards for her dog handlings. She would take dogs all over the country for these shows, and it was said that she was in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. So the Hoys have a lot going on. Fred was a teacher, and he was the mayor. Pam had this big business with champion dogs, and they had two young and very active daughters. On top of all of that, Pam was traveling a lot and was at home to help out as much as she would like. The trips were pretty frequent and far away, and they started to drive somewhat of a wedge between Fred and Pam. Mm, okay. Fred was complaining about this, and he was quoted as saying, it's not easy for two people to raise a family, much less one. Oh, so Fred was getting kind of fed up with being the one to stay at home and do all the family stuff while Pam was traveling, expanding this business of hers. So the couple began fighting and not getting along. They were kind of acting more like roommates at this point, just passing, you know, doing what needed to be done, taking care of the kids, paying the mortgage, you know, mm -hmm. they were both pretty unhappy. It happens, right? Yeah. They grew yeah. apart. Mm -hmm. So in July of 1990, after 19 years of marriage, Pam moved out of their home in Alamance and moved in with her parents in Greensboro, Greensboro and she was pushing for a legal separation. Okay. okay. I feel like I have to point this out here. So in North Carolina, when you want to be divorced, you can't just file for divorce. Mm -hmm. 
you have to be legally separated for one full year in order to be granted a divorce. So this means that you have to be able to prove that you lived in separate residence for 12 months. Right. And then once you do that, you can file for divorce. Okay. Everyone hates this law, by the way. <laughs> it's very, it just makes everything very drawn out. Well, yes. I, yes, I would agree with you, especially um, for me. I mean, what if it was a, an abusive situation? Do they make any kind of exceptions for that kind of thing? Uh, that's where, to me, it would be an issue. Like, if you were in an abusive situation and you could not get out right away and you had to just, like, wait a year, mm -hmm. that would bother me. But, like, if for sure it was Emery and I and we weren't getting along, maybe having that year would, like, really make sure this is what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think Truly that that was the point. It's like, yeah. we're giving you a year to figure out if this is for real, what you want and not just you had a fight this weekend. And so Monday I'm filing for divorce kind of thing. Right, right, right. And okay, I have a question. So, I'm sorry. I know that you said all this, but so Alamance to Greensboro is, is how it's far 30 away? minutes. It's okay. actually in my next little area here. I did want to tell oh, you that. Okay. So it's about 30 minutes away. Okay. Her parents' house was about 30 minutes from their home in Alamance. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but that's why Pam moved out because she wanted to get this legal separation filed for them. Mm -hmm. But every night Pam would drive the 30 minutes from her parents to in Greensboro to the home in Alamance and she would help their daughters with their homework. She would make dinner for everyone. The girls at this time were like 10 and 14. Mm -hmm. So still pretty young. And then she would also tend to any dogs that she had in the backyard, like feed them, do her training, you know, so she was around mm -hmm. and then she would drive back to her parents' home and spend the night there. Okay. So this routine went on for several weeks. And as far as anyone knew, Pam and Fred's separation seemed pretty amicable. Like they had things mm -hmm. figured out. They were co-parenting. She was at the house a lot, you know, wasn't like a situation where... They weren't speaking or anything like that. On Wednesday, July 25th of 1990, Pam and Fred met to have dinner at the Village Grill in Burlington. Which is still there, by the way, I think. Huh. They were seen there talking and acting normally. They then returned to the home in Alamance and got there at about 8 o'clock. Pam had a dog show in Greenville, South Carolina the following day. So Fred helped her load up her van with the stuff that she would need for the show, grooming tables, exercise runs for the dogs, and then crates to put the dogs in to take them to the show the next day. Pam made a few phone calls from their home phone. I don't know who she called. It's just said she made a few phone calls and around 1030, she got ready to leave. So she went out to her van and she remembered that she had a magazine in her van that she wanted to give to one of her daughters. And so she got the magazine and brought it back in, gave it to her daughter, told her, good night. I'm going to Greensboro. See you tomorrow. Fred was in his garage working on a car and neighbors say that they saw Pam pull out of the driveway in her van just a few minutes after 1030. Okay. By 11.45, Pam had still not arrived at her parents' home. So, 30-minute drive, and Pam had left an hour and 15 minutes before then, so she definitely should have been home. 
by then. Mm -hmm. Pam's mom called the house in Alamance and Fred answered. He told her that Pam had left around 1030. Everything was fine. She said she was going straight to their house. He hadn't heard from her, hadn't seen her since. Just assumed she'd gotten there. So they're all pretty alarmed at this point because they don't know where she is. Just after midnight, Pam's mom called Fred again. And she said, look, she's still not here. Something's up. Maybe her van broke down somewhere between your house and my house. We probably need to go look for her. So Pam's dad and Fred both got in their cars and drove all of the roads going both ways that Pam mm -hmm. would have used to get from their house in Alamance to her parents' house. But there was no sign of Pam. They didn't see her van anywhere parked or on the side of the road or anything like that. There were no accidents, nothing. So they called the police and reported Pam missing. So remember, Fred is the mayor. Right. So their, their first lady is missing. This is a prominent family. So this was taken extremely seriously by the Alamance County Sheriff right away. They started forming search party parties, potties. <laughs> not sure where that came from. And they passed out flyers and then they pleaded to the public for any information or sightings of Pam or her van. Mm -hmm. On July 29th, four days after Pam was last seen, her van was found parked behind a Days Inn motel off of a main road in Greensboro. Okay. The doors were unlocked. The windows were down and the keys were still in the ignition. Her wallet and ID and credit cards were all laying in the seat in like plain view for anybody hmm. to just walk by and see them. This is odd, obviously, but there were no signs of a struggle. There was no damage to the van. There was no blood or anything like that, but Pam was not there. So the family is very alarmed. And at this point, it was believed that Pam had been harmed in some way or taken. Like this is foul play. Mm -hmm. She would, right. she could yeah. not have just left her van like this. A $12,000 reward was offered and a billboard was put up. But sadly, months went by and there were no leads or any information about where Pam was or what could have happened to her. Hmm. I can't imagine. It's like she literally vanished. Mm -hmm. Right. On November 8th of 1990, so this is five months after Pam was last seen, a female body was discovered lying about 50 feet off of a road in Burlington. This is seven miles from the family's home in Alamance. The body was fully clothed, wrapped in a pink quilt. It was so badly decomposed that it wasn't clear who this person was. But after comparing dental records, it was confirmed that the body did belong to 41-year-old Pam Hoy. Oh. Now, because of the severe de decomposition, there was very little that could be determined in this autopsy. There was no evidence other than the quilt. And the medical examiner could not even definitively determine a cause of death. Oh, oh, wow. So the manner of death however, was listed as homicide because like she didn't wrap herself up in a blanket and lay down in the woods and die. Right. And that um, quilt wasn't recognized by anybody. 
No, no one mm-hmm. recognized the quilt. They, it, it, I, that was a big thing for me was this daggone quilt. Cause I feel like, okay, there is no evidence except the quilt. <laughs> so it's right. like, yeah, you know, and it's 1990. So like mm-hmm. the DNA stuff, it just wasn't there. It wasn't advanced. And I don't know. I don't know if more could be determined now, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So at this point, Guilford County Sheriff's Department took over the case and opened up a murder investigation. So now she's no longer a missing person. She is a victim of homicide. Mm -hmm. But they had their work cut out for them because there was no evidence, no cause of death, no murder weapon, no crime scene, and no witnesses. And it's very strange that she left her home in Alamance. Her body was found seven miles away from their home, but her car mm-hmm. was 30 minutes away in Greensboro. Right. So like, did she go to Greensboro first and then brought back? How did they know where she lived? How did they even know mm-hmm. to bring her back close to her home in Alamance? All very strange. Right. Is Green- the Greensboro car thing just a coincidence? Like maybe they right. didn't know that her parents lived in Greensboro. It's just all very strange. Right. Yeah. Like maybe they took her, did whatever and held onto her body, didn't dump it right away and just like got rid of her car. 30 minutes no, they do think of- that her body had been there since shortly oh. after she disappeared because it was okay. so badly decomposed. They don't believe that she was held anywhere. They think she was probably killed that day or very shortly after. Right. And what I was saying is like more like they held onto the body, <laughs> not, you know, and then dumped her instead of, but if, there's probably other evidence that she was there specifically. Right. I think so. Okay. Um, One early suspect in Pam's case was a cab driver from Alamance. I'm not going to say his name. I know it, but he's never been charged or anything. So I don't want to shout him out. He's not a very nice guy though. So days before Pam's body had been found in early November, This man had admitted to killing another woman and abandoning her nude body 500 yards from where Pam's remains were found. What? Yes. So this guy confessed, like, I kidnapped this person, this lady. I raped her. I killed her. And I dumped her body here. And they went and found the body. And then, like, days later, Pam's body was found. Okay, so that's so, why they found Pam's body because they were in that area. I don't. Or? I actually don't think so. It's not okay. clear who found Pam's body. Okay, but I don't think so. I don't know. Five hundred yards is pretty far. I mean, mm-hmm. it's what yeah. five football fields or something. Um, but still, it's coincidental. Mm-hmm. And Alamance is a teeny tiny little town, right? And here's two murdered women. Mm-hmm. So they bring this guy in for questioning. He, like I said, completely admitted to doing everything to this other woman, but he denied knowing Pam or having anything to do with her murder. He really was like, this is just a coincidence. I swear I did not kill this, this person. The method of killing didn't really match. Like Pam wasn't raped. She was mm-hmm. left fully closed. She was wrapped up. And I think that this guy may have had like a semi alibi. So he was eventually cleared as a suspect, but still was in jail because he's still nasty. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So at that point, then investigators turned their attention to Pam's husband, Mayor Fred. Mm -hmm. 
People came forward who said that they believed that Fred may have become physically abusive towards Pam during their marriage. Okay. I don't know who these people are, friends, I think possibly family members, maybe some coworkers. Mm -hmm. But these people claimed that Pam would often show up with bruises or marks and didn't really have a believable excuse for how she got mm -hmm. them. Now, I want to be very clear that there is no provable documentation about this abuse. Mm -hmm. These are all coming from reports of other people. Nothing was ever formally reported. There was no documentation of any injuries or allegations of abuse. And Pam worked with dogs for a living. Mm -hmm. So it's not wild to think that she may have marks on her from time to mm -hmm. time. Yeah. But Pam's parents and law enforcement honed in on Fred and he became their main suspect in Pam's okay. murder. He remained the main suspect for eight years. And some would say, what? some would say that he still is, but so they did have a frayed marriage. We knew mm -hmm. that. So it can be assumed that there possibly were issues that nobody else knew about. Everyone thought, oh, they seem fine. They're amicable, whatever. But they have financial issues. They have custody issues going on. So to think that they might have been disagreeing and not seeing things on the same page is not outlandish. Like, I'm sure yeah. that was happening. They also have these abuse allegations. And Fred refused to take a polygraph test. Okay. So they didn't like well, that. Well, you know what's so, so funny is because it's like this polygraph thing goes like both ways. We're like, oh my gosh, why they do polygraph? It doesn't mean anything anyway. Like it's not admissible in court. And then we're like, oh, but he didn't do one. <laughs> well, yes. And I think, I don't think I would do one. I mean, I don't know, but it's, right. it's definitely seen as not cooperating. Like why, well, if, okay, it's going to clear you, why would you not cooperate and just do it? Right. If you're yeah, innocent. I, it's, it's I guess, taboo. I'm just so torn with it because like you said, it's going to clear you, but then when you do fail it, nothing really can come of it anyway. Exactly. Or it could be a false reading. So it's like, wh why do we do them when it really doesn't stink and matter anyway? Like, it's, I don't know. It's, I'm just... I think that police use it as this tactic to like create stigma because it does have that attached to it. Right. So, mm -hmm. okay. Also investigators did not believe that Fred had a solid alibi. So he said that he was working in the garage on a car when Pam left their home at 1030. Now we know for sure she left because there were right. witnesses that saw her leave the house. Mm -hmm. So he says he's in the garage and then his whereabouts can't be accounted for again until 1145 when Pam's mom called their home and spoke to him. Because the kids are sleeping. Yes. Well, only, I think only one of his daughters was home at that time. Okay. Okay. I think the other one was somewhere else, but again, I'm not hundred percent sure about that, but no, they didn't mm -hmm. see or hear anything. Mm -hmm. So there's like an hour and 15 minutes where, where, where is Fred mm -hmm. now 
Is that enough time for Fred to follow Pam, kill her, dump her body seven miles from the home, and then drive her van to Greensboro and leave it at the motel and then get back home to be home for to answer the phone? Yes. Also, how did he get back home? Because if he drove her van to Greensboro and left it at the motel, he couldn't have walked and been back that quickly. So did he have an accomplice? Did somebody pick him up? Neither Mm. one of his daughters have their driver's license. We know it wasn't them. Mm. So how'd he get home? You just just threw a wrench in my saying, yes, he had time. Because now, no. He doesn't have time. <laughs> well, he didn't have time if he walked. He could have. He could have called a cab. <laughs> I mean, but no one came forward saying he did that. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So the village of Alamance stood behind Fred. They believed in his innocence. They did not believe mm-hmm. that their friendly, outgoing mayor murdered his wife and dumped her body. Mm-hmm. And despite being under investigation. Alamance villagers continued to reelect Fred and he served three terms as their mayor and then went on to serve on their city council. Okay. So there, they believe he was innocent for most of them do. Mm -hmm. Pam's family, however, believed that Fred had something to do with her murder. Mm -hmm. They believe that she was going to divorce him and that maybe they had met for dinner that night, the night that she was killed, because she had told him, I want you to move out, or I'm taking the kids with me, or made some request that he didn't like. And he got upset or mad and killed her. Now, even though her parents thought this may have been what happened, again, there's no evidence of this, They did stay cordial with Fred because they wanted to remain a part of their granddaughter's lives. Mm -hmm. Right. Every year on Pam's birthday, they pushed for media coverage about her unsolved murder. Over the years, Fred stopped talking to police about Pam's case. And he said he was going to focus on raising his children and on his duties to the Alamance community. And he believed that the cab driver had killed Pam, the one that killed Mm. the other lady. He thought that's Mm -hmm. what had happened to her. So years pass with no evidence to arrest anyone, no leads. In 1998, so this is eight years after she was murdered, a new investigator took over Pam's case. This investigator was inspired by a true crime-solving show that he had watched on (laughs) A&E. And I love it. I love it. (laughs) In this show, they took, for another dead person, maggots that were found on the dead body and tested them, like withdrew DNA from the maggots to help determine a cause of death. What? So this investigator, he watches the show on A&E and is like, you know, working Pam's unsolved case in which they have no cause of death. And he was like, I need to find out if there are maggots anywhere. So he wanted to perform this test to see if Pam had any drugs or poison in her system at the time of her death. 
because they couldn't tell whether she had been injured. Like they don't know if she had been beaten or shot or stabbed. It didn't look like it, but maybe somebody poisoned her. Luckily, the quilt that Pam had been wrapped in was preserved in a plastic bag in the evidence room. And when he went and got it, it was covered in hundreds of maggots. <gasps> so this sounds very exciting, doesn't it? And the maggots were sent to a lab in Pennsylvania for testing. And we have no idea what happened. <laughs> what? What do you mean? <laughs> Those results have never been publicly announced. Anywhere. Could not find them anywhere. Oh, so I don't my know gosh. if maybe they were inconclusive and they did not, there were no leads, nothing more to report on. I don't know. But I know, but at least let you know that. I know. Uh, seriously, I liked you so much, investigator. Like mm -hmm, we watched right. the same shows on A&E and then he just left me hanging out to dry. I was mm -hmm. very upset about that. <laughs> Um, and I did try. I did an open records request. I looked and looked and looked and they declined me because it's still an open case. I couldn't even get her autopsy report. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's very disappointing. Then in April of 2006, so this is 16 years after Pam was murdered, search warrants from Pam and Fred's home were unsealed. And it showed that during the search of their home, investigators seized things like insurance papers, mm -hmm. attorney paperwork. There were handwritten notes. There were news clippings related to Pam's disappearance and murder. A spokesperson from the police department said that this evidence was taken in order to help establish a motive of financial gain. So okay. like possibly life insurance, something like that. Mm -hmm. They also took into evidence a rope, a paint sample, and a partial bag of absorbent because they believed that it might match evidence that was found on Pam's body. Mm. So by this time in 2006, Fred had a live-in girlfriend. So he had moved on and was seeing somebody else, but 16 years later. Like well, yeah. Allowed. More interviews were conducted in 2006 that confirmed for the police they believe these abuse allegations. Some witnesses did come forward saying that Pam had planned to confront Fred the night that she disappeared to ask him to move out of the house or she would tell the police that he was running an illegal chop shop out of their garage. Mm. So hmm. possibly another motive for Fred. Mm -hmm. But after that little flurry of activity in her case, nothing else has ever been publicly discussed since then. Hmm. No one has ever been charged. Fred has never been charged. There's never been any actual evidence brought against him that could prove that he hurt Pam. And the case remains cold and unsolved to this day. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Pam's daughters are in their 30s or would be in their 30s now, which is really sad. They lost their mom so young mm -hmm. and never had answers. And I'm sure even like the fact that their dad, they're super young. They've lost their mom and now their dad is being investigated 
as possibly killed. Like that is, that's rough. Mm-hmm. That would be a really would hard it, thing to live through. Do they, do they say what they think? Like, I mean, I'm assuming that they think no, their dad didn't No, they've never publicly spoken. Okay. But I think they have a relationship with him though. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I looked Fred up. I did a little search and, and I found him. He has since retired from teaching and is no longer involved in like city government or anything. He's 78 years old. He is listed as single and living in Burlington. Hmm. And that is the case of Pam Hoy. Wow. That's frustrating to me. It's very (laughs) frustrating and it's very sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is sad. And I don't know who would have had a motive to kill her. I don't know. I just don't know who who did it. I don't know what happened to her. Right. And the whole thing about her car being in Greensboro, where she was currently living, but her body being close to her home in Alamance, it's like, it's really coincidental. It feels like somebody would have to know her. Yeah. No, I know that she was living in Greensboro and know that she also originally lived in Alamance. Like, yeah. Makes it seem not random. When you're talking and trying to figure out, you know, okay, so what if he, Fred, killed her in the house and her car pulled out? So that's what neighbors saw, but it was really like him pulling out in it. No, I think neighbors saw her. <laughs> okay. Like she was in her van. They saw her getting in her van and pulling away. I think she okay. definitely left, not not injured. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay, so maybe he was hiding in the van. <laughs> oh, maybe. That totally could, maybe. But it doesn't, there's like zero explanation for how he, you know, so she got to, he, he gets her to pull into this days in, does something to her, takes her out. Well, I don't it think anything answer. was done to her in the van. There's no evidence okay. of that. Okay. So anyway, like somehow something happens to her. He brings his van to, to days in and dumps it. I I don't know how you get home. Right. Like there's no, like you said, there's no taxi that has come forward. There's no friend that said, you know, I went and picked Fred up. He told me I gave him a ride at a great, at the days in, but now Mm -hmm. it doesn't make like, that's weird. You think somebody would come forward to anyway. So that just seems weird. And if he like paid somebody to keep their mouth shut, cause he was like the mayor and all that, I can't mm-hmm. see that he'd be able to like keep someone's mouth shut forever like that. No. You know, not all of these they, years later. Yeah. Some point somebody yeah. talks. It's just a mystery. It's very sad. Fred obviously is innocent, has never been proven no evidence against him. So we are innocent until there are things to prove. So we definitely are not blaming him. I'm just reporting on what other people's blame. (laughs) Other people blamed him. So I was just like talking it out and working it out in my head. Like, how could that, like, to me, it almost seems impossible Mm -hmm. that it was him. And I think in the end, (laughs) that's what investigators said is they were like, we can't make sense of it either. Like yeah. the time frame doesn't make sense. We know he was home at eleven forty-five. He answered the mm-hmm. phone. 
And this is 1990. There's no cell right, phones. It's a house phone. Like, <laughs> there's no rigging. Like, you pick up the phone. It's because you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's so interesting. It's sad. It was just no a- answers all these years later. I Maybe know. it was that cab driver. But how did he know to bring the car to? Well, he was from Alamance. He may have known her and may have known that they were separated and may have, I mean, she was a public figure. He's a really bad guy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I know. And he makes sense too, but it's like, no matter what, unless the person lived in Greensboro, like, and they bring the car there, they leave her in Alamance because it all happens not long after she gets in the car. And they bring it to Greensboro and then they just have a short distance to walk because they're from Greensboro. That's the only, like the people in Alamance, I'm like, how did they get home? They walked. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I, Great question. All good I'm questions. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm fixating. On I don't that. have the answers for you. And I got really frustrated. I even think I said to you the other day, I'm like, gosh, I, I have, I, I can report on this. I have enough information to report on it, but I'm being so greedy and I want all the answers. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to tell it because I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't have yeah. answers. So it's sad. I can't imagine how frustrated we are. Imagine the family all of this right. time later. Like it's so, it's literally a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. To lose a daughter, lose a mom, lose a wife you know, such an amazing person in this way and then have zero explanation to what happened to her, how it happened and why. Right. Yeah. Cause they don't even know how she died. No, they don't know. Maybe it was yeah. an accident. We don't even know. Mm-hmm. Like we absolutely have no idea. Right. Gosh. Well, thanks random YouTube listener. I know you're not random. Yes. But- Yes. Thank you for the suggestion. I like covering these cases close to home. This was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It's a very interesting, tragic, sad case. Mm -hmm. And I hope, even though it's been so long, that one day they will find answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for covering it. You're welcome. Um, And just well done. Sorry you weren't able to get your answers and weren't able to even get any, any autopsy or anything from, mm-hmm. <laughs> from them. So anyway, so, well, let us know what you think about that. Come find us on social media and give us your opinions. I, happy Thanksgiving. We hope you and your families um, are able to spend some really quality time. This is not Thanksgiving. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're you know recording what? around Thanksgiving. It's not Thanksgiving. Well, it's January. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> A few weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, see, you guys, we recorded an intro earlier and we were talking about Thanksgiving and that's where my head went. So I'm sorry. And then I saw that face <laughs> as I said it. And I was like, I was like, no. Just, Happy Thanksgiving no, again, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy (laughs) Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. What's next? Happy Valentine's Day. All the things. (laughs) St. Patrick's Day, Easter. 
happy, happy, happy. It's how much we happy love everything. you. Make, make sure we cover all of our bases all of the time. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go now. So <laughs> hope you guys have a great week. And always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.